Customers, it's the host Cameron Davies, and it's a Tuesday, which means only one thing. Yes, this is a bonus episode. This is the second bonus episode in our taste and flavor series that I promised you when we did the first episode two weeks back. I have seen Spotify have been advertising on YouTube a flavor series they are running for subscribers, so essentially. You have to pay to listen to their show. And I want you to know, this is not that show. I have not listened to that show and I have no interest in listening to that show. This is my input for you. Given to you with love at the face value of complimentary. Now, you might recall that in the last episode, which you can always replay again if you have a podcast app, um, I spoke a reasonable amount about the properties of the, how the tongue works to sense different tastes and was very clear to distinguish tastes as not being flavors. Because, and so today what we're going to do is develop that further into saying, well, what are, what are flavors then? If your, your tongue has five different tastes it can sense, and they are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and anami. Now, while those, the sense does happen at the tongue, the actual sensation of taste only occurs in the brain when it is registered and the amount of the different, those different varieties, their, their strengths is registered as well. Creates a pattern and the brain will then refer back to its memory of different other, other different tastes. Now, with flavor, what you're getting is again, is essentially a brain activity because you are combining together a number of different sensual aspects, most specifically your sense of aroma, which occurs in a little five centimeter square patch of skin at the very back of your sinuses called your olfactory epithelium. Olfactory is a simply the Latin word for smell. That is incorporated into the taste that your tongues can taste to add a new character, but also remember when we were talking about the other things your tongue has, it has a sense of touch, so it can tell whether it's crunchy, soft, or creamy. So let's have a little look at an example of how the, the smell is combined with the taste to create a flavor. And like a lot of examples, I'm gonna start with a, quite an extreme example. So let's start with blue cheese. In the middle, it, look, it kind of looks pretty much like a white cheese, like a camembert or a brie. But right in the very middle of it, there is a blue vein of mold that grows through it. And if I was asking you to say what you thought about the smell of blue cheese, I can pretty much guarantee at least 90% of you are saying it smells like very bad sneakers. And the other 10% is you are saying something even worse because, let's be honest, it really is not a pleasant smell at all. But this is where you need to taste with an open mind. 
So don't be judging it as a bad smell. Let's just say it is a very complicated smell. And that will really work a lot better when you see what result you get. And I know from giving people blue cheese that I, I, I can't really remember anyone who says they, they, they thought it tasted... I can't remember anybody who said it tastes as bad as it smelled. But I do remember the majority of people saying that is a very complicated flavour or that is a very interesting flavour, which is important to remember. So, whereas if you were just to taste the cheese, it's like a Camembert or brie and it's pretty creamy. So you're putting together two different elements in to create a flavour. So the, the smell element, and let's just avoid, keep smelling with an open mind. So let's not judge it as a bad smell. Let's just judge it as a complicated smell. It's got its own unique character. Whereas the flavour component is very flat and pretty simple. It's just creamy. So you combine two extremely different aspects to create a taste and you get a very interesting or a complex taste. That is a very important thing to remember because we will certainly be returning to that with our the next two episodes about how to incorporate this into your cooking. Okay, and another example of how two very different taste elements can create an intriguing flavor element was in one of my trips to a Vietnamese cafe. And often I'll say, hey, would you like to try a Vietnamese iced coffee? Which is in essence a really strong coffee. Like I think it's like a Turkish coffee. So it's very bitter, but they add to it condensed milk, which is a very creamy, very sweet. Now, this proves too that sweetness is not the opposite of bitterness because when I had that, that coffee, it was like, wow, that is, a, I not only did I have a beautiful flavored thing sitting in my mouth, but it was like, oh, my whole mouth is jam packed full now of flavor because it has those two very different flavors together. And I'm able to take both of them at the same time. So they're not opposites, they're just very different to each other. So it's a good example of how very different flavors combined together can create something interesting and memorable. Now let's go right to the other extreme and see some of the little magic tricks that um, flavor plays as well, okay? Now to do this, we need to look at the, um, we need to go to Ethiopia. And if like me, you would like to go to Melbourne's best Ethiopian restaurant. Well, I've been lucky enough to know two Ethiopians who live here in Melbourne. And I asked them the same question. Where is Melbourne's best Ethiopian restaurant? To which they both gave me the same answer. Cafe Lalibela in Barclay Street, Footscray. And I've been going there for the last two years. And I can tell you every time I go, I learn something new about flavor. It really is a wonderful place. So go along there and say hello to Abura, who is the maitre d' there and he's an absolutely delightful gentleman. And his caring staff will look after you and offer you some of the best curries you've ever had. And tell him that wheelchair cam sent you and he'll <laughs> probably give me a pat on the back next time he sees me because I'll be going back there in the next very short future. Because Ethiopia has had coffee for about a thousand years longer than Europe because that is where coffee is actually native to, is Ethiopia. Now, do they put sugar with their coffee in Ethiopia? No, because like me, they know that it doesn't remove the bitterness. What do they do in Ethiopia? Well, they have a very bitter coffee, like a Turkish coffee, but they don't put sugar into it like the Turkish do. No, they put salt into it. 
Because, and here's the thing, go to an Ethiopian restaurant, have their beautiful curries and have their coffee afterwards and make sure you get it with the salt, please. And you'll, they, they pretty much just put in a pinch of salt, it's not a little salt. And what that does, it cancels out the bitterness. So the saltiness cancels out the bitterness and the bitterness cancels out the saltiness. So you can taste neither the coffee nor the salt. And they put in a teaspoon of oil into it sometimes and I swear, the first time I had this, I remember thinking, wow, is that creamy coffee? Did they put cream into that coffee? Because that tastes like cream. Like, how crazy is that? that so this, um, let's have a look at a, the most common example of opposite foods, flavors canceling each other out, would be one of the world's most popular um, soft drinks, lemonade. What are the two main flavor ingredients in lemonade? Lemon and sugar. So sweet and sour, which are exact opposites of each other. So, can you taste the lemon in lemonade? No, why? Because there's a lot of sugar. Can you taste the sugar in lemonade? Yeah, why? Because there's a hell of a lot of sugar, but not, as, not a lot of lemon. But if they were in the same amount, they would cancel each other out and it'd be a very plain flavored drink. But because there's a lot of sugar, it cancels out the flavor of the lemon. And because there's not a lot of lemon, all you taste is just the sugar. So they remain handy little tricks though, because if you're eating something bitter that you don't want to have bitter, whether it be you know simply a bit of burnt toast or a, uh, a bit of burnt meat or something like that, it's got a bit of burnt flavor. Just a little bit of salt will, will not only remove the bitterness, but you won't taste the salt either. Or another one will be um, grapefruit. Sometimes I remember having grapefruits and not liking them because it's quite bitter. Just a little pinch of salt, and I'm not talking much at all, really, just a small amount of salt will cancel out the bitterness, and the bitterness will cancel out the saltiness. And also, if you're making something and it ends up being too sweet, try a tablespoon of vin brown vinegar. Well, that's what they do in the Philippines, and then it cancels out the sweetness. Okay, so that would um, give us some interesting little tricks to look at and places to go when it comes to next in Tuesday week when I come back with our third flavor episode we'll be looking at more the practical arrangements of how you can work with flavor in your kitchen to create interesting tastes so thank you very much for your time please remember that I love you return stay fresh so that you can return again this Saturday for our usual marketplace um, update and report Thank you for your time. That's Goodbye. What you got to do to the world. Chilling, surround you. Teasing good food. Pull up your mood and we're out at you. There's a world of chilling all around you. Tuning to the bounty of the season. Get it into you. Tuning to the bounty of the season. Get it into you. Tuning to the bounty of the season. Get it into you. Tune into the bounty of the season, get it into you.